Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where did you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am very excited to welcome back to the podcast comedian Annie Letterman. She hosts Meanspiration podcast. You know her from Chelsea Lately, from Girl Code, from At Midnight. She's one of the voices on Grand Theft Auto. She had a show called We Have Issues. She was a writer and producer on Oh my god, I'm blanking on the name. The Who is America? Um, who was America? Didn't you have something to do with the most recent Borat as Borat, well? Yeah, yeah, I read on that too. We got to get into that. Um, she has a dog, an adorable dog who right now has mange. I mean, there's yeah. so many things. <laughs> and you need to go to youtube.com slash Allison Rosen to see this episode because not only is she beautiful, she's sitting next to a tree. She's got like a whole beautiful Christmas scape to one side of her. Hello. Welcome back. Hello, I'm dispelling all the rumors that I'm Jewish. <laughs> I was, shockingly, I'm not. I just have a Jewish last name. Oh, I have yeah. side. It doesn't. It doesn't work on the on the when it's on the mom on the dad side. Wait, but is your was your dad or is your dad Jewish? My dad's dad was Jewish, but then he was raised by his mom, Christian, and then mm. my mom is Christian. Got it. But, but we you, got the last name. Yes. And has that been an albatross around your neck? It's been, you know, it's been, I feel like I've been like in an internment camp about it. It's been really, <laughs> I feel trapped. It's like, horrible. no, <laughs> and, um, it's been, uh, we lived in a very Jewish, predominantly Jewish area. So it was like, just kind of really sad during bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs. Cause I was like, where's my party? Everyone was like having these awesome parties and getting all this money. I'm like, do you guys want to go roller skating for my 13th birthday? <laughs> well, my last name is Rosen. Right. I am Jewish, but was raised with like no Jewish anything at all. We celebrate Christmas. I love Christmas. Um, it's so fun. Yeah, it's yes. So anyway, in a way, we're similar in that we both have Jewish last names, but we both we don't have the culture. I mean, that's right. I get it. You know, I, I get a little bit of it. I understand right. a little bit. Um, we were brought up Quaker. Yes, you mentioned that before, yeah. um, and you like Quakerism, right? I also cool. I went to some Quaker meetings too. Now I don't cool. really do anything, but yeah, yeah, um, no, I don't do anything. So, Annie, I feel like I feel like everything's coming up Annie Letterman right now. I feel like you got some <laughs> heat. You're, you're in that Comedy Store doc. Been do not Logan. look at my do not look at my bank account. You will be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, how to do it? <laughs> do you feel? Do you feel like uh, things are happening right now? Are things happening? 
I feel both. I feel very good. Like the Comedy Store documentary was so awesome. And my part in it, I was very touched by it. It was very sweet. And I got a lot of really like positive responses from that, which I'm actually working on that because it felt too good Mm -hmm. to get those responses. And I'm like, I need to learn how to feel those things that I would feel when other people tell me I'm good for myself. Yes, yes, yes. I, and this couldn't be more pathetic. If I'm getting a lot of attention on Twitter or Instagram or like a lot of, you know, I, it really like fills up something empty inside me. And I'm like, oh, that is, first of all, it's, this is like imaginary and this is pathetic. Like the whole goal is to get the validation, to be able to manufacture your own validation. Also the crash is pretty bad after that. (laughs) After the Twitter high, I mean, it's the more pathetic crash of your life. Well, I would say, like, if you have a good day online, you have a terrible day in real life. You know, you've done nothing. Right. I did so good. Yeah. Mm, You did nothing. I know. um, Yeah, it's just sort of, you know, I I, uh, broke my phone uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, it was destroyed, and I couldn't find anything in my cloud. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't have these... um, compliments that were texted to me from these powerful <laughs> men i mean it's literally like i was like wow these like comedy heroes of mine told me i'm one of the greats or whatever you know and it was like i was getting these texts and it was like it meant so, so much to me that these men were telling me these things and i'm like i'm gonna be at peace with that that's okay mm-hmm. that is something that's real in my life um but i need to be able to like not be devastated that i don't have, this, have the like, proof. Like, oh, I should just feel great at what I do. Yeah. Who? So, so like, who? Good. Who were the? Who were well, they I from? Got, I got one from. I woke up from one with Rogan where he was like, "I'm crying watching this. I oh. love you." One of, and it was like so sweet and just. And Rogan really helped me out with some stuff that some problems I was having with where he really went to bat with me or for me, and um, you know, was just like, um, just really had my back in a way that was like fucking so touching and so good. And, um, and it just feels good to be a part of like, you know, someone's sort of like family. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then Louis CK. So that's controversial, but he's, has always been my favorite. Right. He texted me a whole bunch of stuff about after the podcast or after the, um, this thing came out. What kind of stuff did Rogan help you with? Um, I just had a problem with a deal that I was doing where I wasn't being properly, compensated Mm -hmm. and it was crazy it was I was being gaslit it was so wild Allison it was like someone had offered me a certain amount of money for like a very large chunk of my material used it in something and then they weren't gonna pay me the money like after they used it they were like oh no we'll give you this little amount I'm like you already promised me this like what are you talking about and they completely said I was lying told my agents I was lying tried to tell Rogan I was lying but Rogan was like was like, Annie doesn't lie. So her words gospel, anything you say against her is a lie. And I was like, yes, finally telling the truth has worked. <laughs> I'm starting to think like, maybe I should have been lying like everyone else. I see like so many, not, I'm no one in specific. No, but I have had that feeling too. I've had that feeling of like, oh my God, people who lie, first of all, when they get caught, they just tell, I mean, look at our pre- the former yeah. president, not that that's anyone to admire, but like right. he doesn't seem to care if he gets caught in a lie. You know, and some people just still like follow him. Yeah, I too have had this feeling of like, maybe lying was the answer all along. Yeah, but I can't. It doesn't sit right with me. Well, and then I'm like, wait, I think my parents were lying to 
me too. Like, I think when my parents told me not to lie, they were lying. They were like, just don't lie to us. Like, let's get some of those lies. Cause lies kind of make things go faster. Like the truth is like sticky and like uncomfortable yeah. and you got to like fix things that are wrong. And it's just like so annoying. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't, you know, and I've had, even with my traumatic stuff in my past, like when I came out with the truth, it was always kind of like way worse, you know, in my mm-hmm. head, I'm like, was that a mistake? Should I have just like shut the fuck up about things? And then it was like such a validating moment when he said that to this guy for me, it was like really good. And he was like, this is sexism too. He's like, cause I never try to go that it's a girl thing until it's the last option, just cause I want to make sure I'm not jumping some- into mm-hmm. something. Um, but it was like, just not, it was just so good to have him. He's just, he's such a sweet guy. So it was so nice. And, and then he just was like really positive about my comedy and my future and was like, you know, it just made me not worry. Oh, that's Remember really these people nice. say this and I'm like, can you send me money? But, um, so wait, did you get the money? In cash. I did get that money. Yeah, I did. Okay. He good. got it for me. And it was, it was just really, it was nice. And it, it was, yeah, it was just really sweet. And so, but I did end up finding my, I have another iCloud account. I didn't know I had, and I found all of those things. So now my goal for the next month is to just, I'm going to read my texts for my powerful men and I'm going to like turn them into affirmations for myself to like, feel and try to like just get there because if you let them give it to you you can let them take it well they say that if you're gonna read the good reviews and feel good from them you have to like feel bad from the bad reviews and i always feel like "Mm, fuck that even though um even though that is how i I do feel bad from the bad ones and i feel good from the good ones like that is how i live my life is there are different types of bad comments, right? Yes. So that's what we were talking about before this, before we started rolling, we were talking about like sound issues and stuff like that, right. because I have, I had just had a really bad sound problem in my last podcast and all the comments were so negative about the sound. And you know, when you get something negative sent at you, you usually want to be like, fuck you. Like you're mm-hmm. a troll, but it's like, they're not trolling. Like, I had to just be real with it. Like <laughs> they're trying to help you. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there's a truth and like the insults or, you know, if mm-hmm. I'm interrupting too much or talking too much, like that's something I can take a look at. I get so interrupt, but, um, is that what they yeah. say? Sometimes. Yeah. But I, I know I do. It's and on zoom. It's more obvious. <laughs> it's so, it is hard. It's hard on zoom. Yeah. My, um, my, New York therapist, and I do uh, classify them by location. Mm-hmm. Um, she always uh, emphasized if someone says something that hurt you, what's the piece of truth in it? Right. Which is really different than the like your instinct to just push it away and be like, that's mm-hmm. bullshit. And I don't know if it's because she felt like there's a little bit of shit in everyone. (laughs) So whatever negative thing is probably true. Or if it's more like if you're bringing it into therapy because it hurt you, there's some piece that's resonating. I think it's that one, you know? Well, yeah. Cause it's, they always said the saying where it's like you, um, no one can make you feel a way you don't already feel about yourself. Right. And it's true. Cause it's a trigger. It's like, it's like bringing something up that's like reminds you of something else or something you've told yourself about. Yeah. Who you are. Bring my little poopy head. So your pooch just entered the frame. Um, he is so cute. I have I fallen him. in love with him online. And I need to hear about him. But also, I was listening to the episode the last time you came on. So you came on uh, for a Monday show, one-on-one like this, mm-hmm. in 2015. And then you were on a couple times on the panel show, the Thursday show. Mm-hmm. But in 2015, we were talking, and you were saying that you had a dog 
Punky, right? Mm-hmm. And you felt like you weren't responsible enough to take care of Punky. So you gave Punky yeah. to your parents. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, and now you have a dog again. So yeah. you must have decided that you're, you can do it. Well, I had to wait for Punky to die because it's so rude. It's what a dick move is it to give your dog away and then get another one while it's still living? That's insane. Right. But I will tell you this. I didn't do it on purpose. But when I first got Randy, I sent a picture to my family and nobody responded. Mm. And I'm like, I get it. You all have like real kids, but like nobody wants to say anything about my puppy. And they're like, oh, we just thought you were sending a picture of an old picture of Punky. Oh, uh, you got the same dog. Punky with the same dog. <laughs> Oops. But um, I do, yeah, no, I definitely feel more responsible now. I mean, I've been really, I texted with you about like having kids and stuff before, mm-hmm. which is probably so annoying to just hear people be like, well, should I do it? No, um, it's, I did not find it annoying at all. I like, I like talking about oh, stuff okay. with you. Because yeah. I, so, you know, because I just think about it and, um, you know, whether I want to have kids or not. And I just would rather my decision be because I've made a choice where it's just not something that fits into my life or what I want rather than I'm too fucking psychotic. I haven't handled my rage, my anger, my whatever, or like dealt with my, I haven't lined my ducks up and that's why. Like I would want it to be like a choice rather than I feel like inept and like I'm not going to be able to do it. Right. And so where are you with all of that? I am, I think um, like I could see myself having a kid in like a couple of years, but I could also see myself not. I had to detach myself from any sort of outcomes because I don't want to be put pressure on myself, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I would want my career to be in a certain place. I know that you can't have like a perfect situation, but I yeah. want to get a little better of a financial spot. You know, I also felt that way. I felt like there's all these things I want to do before I have kids. Um, and I don't know. I, I also think another way of saying that is I just don't feel ready yet. Like, yeah. I just didn't feel ready yet. Yeah. And then my, you know, I I kind of, my biological clock never really ticked in the way that I imagined it would, where, like, every time I see a child, I just, just I melt, and I'm so jealous of my friends who are getting pregnant. Like, that never really happened for me. Yeah. For me, it was just, I always knew I wanted to have kids, and I was getting older, and... um we tried to get pregnant naturally for six months or so. And I, and I didn't. And so then I went to the fertility clinic and then found out that like, <clears throat> it's going to be kind of hard for you to get pregnant, but, uh, but let's give it a go. And then, you know, I, my life was fertility stuff for a while, yeah, but, I remember that. um, but I am so, I feel so grateful. <laughs> Randy is biting your hair, huh? I feel so grateful that I have them. They're I feel so really cute. lucky. Really, really lucky. So Elliot's so big. I know he is going to be four in February. He's so big. He's so cute. How's your puppy? Uh, she's good. Speaking of, when you said that your family thought that you sent an old picture of Punky, so we had Oliver, who was like before we had children, we had Oliver, who was the, our dog, who was like our baby. Um, that he's a picture of him over there, cutest. I mean, just the the like the perfect dog. And then uh, tragically, <clears throat> he died before he was two. Uh, yeah, it was awful. It was awful. You can replace a puppy. Sorry. <clears throat> we were, de- we were devastated. Um, and then we got Wendy, same kind of dog, but she, I mean, to us, she looks totally different because right. you know he was tiny and she's big for, yeah. she's, she's big. Um, but still it's both Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. So anyway, Elliot thinks that Wendy used to be Oliver 
Of course, we've never said this, but he was talking the other day about like the, you know, that picture in the studio. That's when Wendy was Oliver before. Oh, that is so cute. Yeah. Before Oliver turned into Wendy and he's got this whole thing going on. And I said to him, oh, honey, actually, Oliver was a different dog. We had a dog named Oliver and now we have a dog named Wendy. We don't have the first trans dog. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Fully transition. Imagine if we did. I know that'd be so you'd be so popular. I mean, we have felt like Wendy is pretty much a tomboy because my husband would love to put outfits on her and she's not into it. Oh, my God. She's like, I don't shop. (laughs) Where's the baseball bat? She is. I had had a um, my neighbors growing up. They they were this uh, Catholic family and they had six kids. And the oldest one was like in his 30s, still living there. And he had he did the mowed all the lawns in the neighborhood that was his mm-hmm. company and uh, he did the landscaping and he lived with his parents and he was a single guy he was an interesting dude and he would give me like when I turned like 14 or 15 he would start like if they had a party or something he would like leave beer for me around he was like being like a like never creepy but like he was being like pretty like the cool older guy where right he didn't need to be but one of the, the most fucking crazy thing he did to me was he goes, oh, do you remember when you were a kid and they replaced your dog Pinky? Okay. And I did name my dog Punky and our first dog was Pinky. But uh-huh. he goes, that Punky di- or Pinky died and then your parents bought a new Pinky and they didn't tell you. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? And I told my twin brother and he was like, are you kidding? And we like looked at our dog. We're like, you're not our dog. Like we were like hated our dogs. Like, oh, you, you had you had dog. Pinky at that point still. Yeah, we were like, I can't believe. She-. And my parents are like. This did not happen. He made it up. And I'm like, I still come. Say, say, say it again. I was just saying like, he, he swears that that happened. And my parents are like, this did not happen. It definitely right. didn't happen. But I think that maybe, why would this man make this thing up? I mean, he was a right. 40 year old man giving 14 year olds beer, but he, he was sure of it. He was sure that our dog got hit by a car and our parents rebought. same Same kind of dog do you have enough photos that you can go back and like make sure there's a continuity no but you know in the end when i look back on that dog she fucking sucked honestly but did she did she always suck or did she because she always sucked so i'm kind of like i think she was like an autistic dog and i don't know that you would have been able to replace her you (laughs) would touch her and she would leave the room she was like a fucking cat so that's interesting. Did your did your parents get defensive at all or anything? They were like, no, that's not true. And then I'm like, and I always assume everyone's very honest because I am. And I'm like, these people could have been lying to me my right. whole life. I don't know. I'm not in their brains. Wait, what about your older brother, Timmy, who got a nose job? What does he say? Oh, Timmy. Um, did you ask him? I don't remember what he thought. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I should have asked our older brother. I'll ask him, but he he would, he would. Tell would he us. cover for your parents? No, no, no. He would tell you. Yeah, there's. I don't think they could have done it, but I'm like, what was going on in that crazy man's head that he created that story? Right. Is he around? We need to get to the bottom of this. We need to call <laughs> him up. Jimmy Burke. I don't remember his name. <laughs> I'm was friends that? with some of his brothers on Facebook. You could, you could, you know what? I bet it would be so unsatisfying because I bet he would have no recollection of it. Go, I don't remember saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I never said that. Uh, I had one of I'm my babysitters, angry. one of my babysitters hit me up and was like, 
um, after I did maybe when I was doing David Spade show and he sent me a message on Facebook and he's like, I had a traumatic brain injury, but so I can't remember a lot, but was I your babysitter? Uh, you had another brother, I think, or two brothers. And I was like, yeah, you were my babysitter. And then the only memory I have of him, I didn't tell him this because he's been thrown off, but <laughs> the only memory I have of him is like, he was wearing my older brother calling us in and he was wearing jeans with, I'm thinking underwear on, but he passed out and his zipper was down. So we went, me and my brothers went into the kitchen and got an ice cube, ice cube and came and put it down his pants and like, Oh, ran my, away. oh my God. I kind of wanted to ask him, but I was like, I don't want to talk to him about his wiener. Yeah. Did he, were you hoping he would pee? I think we just were like messing with him. We were just yeah. Um, uh, my parents, like, I remember all, they would have like boy babysitters and they would always steal my parents like porns and stuff. Wow. We never had a boy babysitter. Yeah. I remember my mom interviewed one cause she would interview babysitters. And then for whatever reason, yeah, she never had him, which I kind of feel like is a good, is good. That it's she not a good look because yeah. why was it, why were his pants unzipped? Right. He's <laughs> probably jerking off watching yeah. a porn or something. My parents, like, I guess left their porns where people could see them. How did you even know your parents had so much porn? Because we stole their porn when we were like 12 or 13 and would invite our friends over and watch. Like it wasn't of them having sex, thank God. Mm -hmm. But my dad made this porn called excerpts and it was, remember people would like, would, uh, I haven't talked about this in so long. They would um, edit tapes together. Like you would have the cassette or the v the VCR and then the VHS recorder. And you could like record that way, but he recorded yeah. all these tapes together. So it was like, like was didn't they call it dubbing? Yeah. They dubbed it. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad dubbed together. It was so gross. So like the first porns we saw were like my dad's favorites. Oh my God. And His I, porn mixtape. Oh my God. This makes me want to, let me, I think this is an appropriate drop from the last time you were on. <laughs> I've never wanted to see a wiener more. Did you, could you hear it? <laughs> Oh, I said wiener then too. Yeah, here it's a, it's you saying I've never wanted to see a wiener more. I've never wanted to see a wiener more. Oh, was I talking about my brother's, uh, my baby nephew's circumcision? Oh my god, probably because here's the other one I have. Are you able to hear this? Do I do I need to turn it up? Yeah, or? you can hear it. Okay, let me see that baby skirt. I'm like, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Because I was like, when have I wanted to see a wiener? Oh, yes. Ick. Oh, my baby nephew was just born then. Oh. Oh, he's four now. Oh, that, so that was right around when Elliot was born. So anyway, your dad made his greatest hits of porn. Yeah, called oh. Exit. But it wasn't that good. Looking back, it was not good. There was a scene in a in a uh, limousine uh, where there were three girls, and I think it was Ron Jeremy, and he was like, there. He was like, give me a blowjob, and they were blowing on his penis. And he was like, that's how you do it. <laughs> like, it isn't. I'm 13. So it's instructional. And, yeah, it was. In, well, they also had the better sex tape from the back of the Playboy. Mm, I don't know what that like, is. Short-haired women get like their husband. It was just regular-looking couples eating, uh -huh. like, teaching you how to eat women out. It was horrifying, <laughs> but. So we stole that. We stole excerpts and we would invite our friends over and we'd all watch it and think it was funny. And then I had one neighbor that I used to make out with. We would like go to the park and make out at night and still friends with him, Matt Hitchcock. Um, and we would push the couch in front of the door and like watch porns and like touch each other's like 
boobs and butts and stuff. And um, so this excerpts tape was like kind of almost like I would say a family heirloom at this point. <laughs> it could be passed on for years if, if VCRs were still around. So then my brothers and I, that was when we were like 13. So then years passed. We don't see it anymore. My dad had a meeting after dinner. He was like, he or during dinner, he said, by the end of this meal, whoever has my pornographic films needs to return them. And everyone was like, wow. Annie, I'm like, it wasn't me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and so, but it was funny because people would steal them. They go in my dad's closet and find them and steal them. And then you just put them in a different sleeve. So you would go to watch like Jerry Maguire mm-hmm. excerpts would come out or you go to watch Amistad or something and fucking, I don't know why we owned Amistad, but we did. And it was right. And you went, uh, you, and you would go to watch it sometimes. Yeah, you go watch it. But so here's what really, this was the crazy part. So years go by, we turn um, like 16. And that year for Christmas, my mom got us TV VCRs. Oh, those are amazing. Right. So we finally had TVs in our own rooms. And Max tells me, my twin, he goes, you're not going to believe it. I don't know who did it, but someone put excerpts on top of my TV. Like it was like, somebody was like, here you are. Like maybe my dad or my brother were like, Oh my God, you're a man. Now you have a TV in your room or something. Like it just appeared. Right. This is what he said. Maybe he went and stole it and this was his story. But so then we get the, um, we get excerpts back and Max is watching. He goes, I'll give it to you later. I was like, cause I, I was like, I want to see what it's like. And I know this is very dysfunctional, but it was so funny. No, it's cool. And- I like that you guys are so open about your <laughs> jerking behavior. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> masturbating to it. I was literally like, what is okay. this? I was like, what, I like, what is this? Yeah. And, um, you know, I was, I was like, like, was it dancing. just, if it was your dad, if it was the highlights, was it like just the money shots? I, I don't even think there were money shots. It was all weird. It might've even been like, I don't know what, I don't know why. Because looking at back at it, it wasn't like hardcore. There was like a girl that was like, I think she was like, like healing a dildo in her or something there was something weird like that but but ron jeremy was like dressed in like a genie thing it was all very like performative yeah and so and characters and costumes and stuff and there was definitely a pizza guy one but so (laughs) max i was like max where's excerpts a couple days later and he goes um i can't find it i'm like well where's it he goes dude my tv was broken there was something wrong with the screen so my mom took it back to Best Buy and the tape was in there because it was connected. So my brother and I get in my mom's Lumina van. We had one of those like pointy, you know, it's like shaped like this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The pointy tip and the license plate said three kids on it with a Z. And we drive to this thing. I, she might have even had the eBay drop off store by then. So it either had my brother had even either written T-bone and tape on the side or it had eBay drop off stuff on it or something. It was just uh-huh. like a ridiculous minivan. So we get in it and we drive twins together during the holidays. It must've been around New Year's then. And we go, we're like, we have an emergency. Like we need to find this tape. And they're like, um, what's the tape? And we're like, just find the tape, right? like, just find us the tape. And then they look and they go, oh, you know what? When that happens, we usually use that as the floor model and we just put it on. Oh, amazing. And someone just bought it with the tape in there. So someone took it home and excerpts was there. So excerpts lives on somewhere else in someone else's life. Now, you wanted to get it back so badly because you had a sentimental fondness for it. 100%. (laughs) Oh, man. 
I hope that it makes its way back to you someday. (laughs) Anyone out there listen to this podcast? Yeah, if you, what, this was in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, this was in the suburbs of Philly. If you were in the, did you say it was Best Buy? Best Buy and Willow Grove, Willow Grove Best Buy. And and you found Ron Jeremy in a turban and other (laughs) things that Annie's dad enjoys. Please return it to her. Toot sweet. (laughs) Um. So tell me about Meanspiration Pod because that's new since uh since we last mm-hmm. since I last saw you. What made you want to do it and has it cuz at the beginning it was going to be like tough love inspiration, right? Right. And has it evolved? It seems like it's evolved a bit, right? It's, it's just like more me talking to my friends, honestly. It's just <laughs> very worse and because I was having people call in and I was talking to them and sometimes it was cool. They would tell me a story or whatever. And you kind of just make fun of them and whoever comic was on. And sometimes it was a little troubling and you're like, Oh, I'm not equipped for this. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to be giving you advice about this. It was fun to have the interaction with the fans, but um, I decided to not do it at a studio anymore. I just wanted to do it at home. And once I started, com- I don't know any technical stuff. So I just didn't know how to get the calls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I am going to, I think, start using a studio again because I'm kind of overdoing it myself. Yeah. You know, I have my, fr- uh, my live-in assistant does the producing of it. And it's just, you know, it's something about, and you probably understand. I mean, you've always done it in your house, but you have like a separate room for it and stuff. Mine's just in like part of my kitchen. Right. It's, just, it's the acoustics are bad. It's a small apartment. Yeah. And I'm just ready to like go to it like it's work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I started, so when I started, I was at Corolla. um, And so I did it in the studio there. So I've had both experiences and both have benefits, both have downsides. Um, I mean, I, I love that I have a dedicated structure in the back. I love that it's not like in the middle of a house. It's tough that way. But I know that you've had, there's been like crazy construction where you're living too, right? Yeah, I'm just like going nuts. I got a stomach ulcer. Oh no. I got a fucking stomach ulcer. It just was like the construction. It was surround it's been surrounding every wall. So it's mm-hmm. like oh, it's like under us and next to us and just like hell. They're in a different part of the building now, but it's still so loud. And but you- it was just like crazy. So I've been waking up really early because I'm like, I'm not letting the construction start my day. <laughs> I wake up before them. Uh-huh. And then um yeah, I just try to get the fuck out if I can, but it's like you can't go anywhere. There's nowhere to go. Right, right. But you legit got an ulcer? I have an ulcer currently. I shit black, black shit. Black. And that means that there's uh, digested there's blood, blood in it, there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you do for an ulcer? What do you have to do? I'm on this medicine called Caraphate, but I just, I got these tests last week that haven't come in, which I guess everything's slow because of COVID, but um, to see if I have H. pylori, which is the bacteria, and then that would just be antibiotics and it's gone. But it's starting to feel better. I'm like trying to do positive thinking because I got into like just a dark headspace and was really kind of spiraling and that just makes everything worse. So now I'm just choosing the way. Yeah. It seems like you're um, working on yourself with trying to not need Louis C.K. and Joe Rogan's validation. I know, but it's so cool that I have it. But it's so great that you have it just just to look back on, to show your children. Right. And also Bonnie McFarlane. And there's like a lot of people that I yeah. that I love that I have always looked up to. That, And it just feels like really good when they say these things to me. But 
Yeah, of course it does. You're human. And that's great. Congratulations. That's awesome. Um, but you're trying to create your own. You're trying to free yourself from the trap of out, needing outside validation. You're waking up on your own terms, not the construction man's terms. Yeah. And now... What was the last thing you said? That, um, oh, you're you're doing positive thinking, right? Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. What is uh, the gen? Like, are you in therapy? Do you meditate? What's the genesis of all of this? I do. I've been doing um, on and off throughout about probably maybe a couple years before I did your podcast, um, or a year or two before. Maybe I talked about it. I don't know. I was doing, I did the, took the transcendental meditation course. Oh, I don't know if you talked about that, but so many people are so into that. Yeah. And honestly, it's very expensive. You can do a lot of other ones. I don't, I, I just, at that point had a TV show and was like, this is like the one month I have money (laughs) (laughs) so fast. Um, And I was like, I'll just try this thing out. And um, so now they offer it online they have and I stopped doing it completely I did it for like a month afterwards and I kind of got annoyed I got hung up on how much money it was and I was like Mm. I'm gonna just do a different kind just because it was I don't know I just got annoyed by it and um so I dropped it and then during the quarantine I talked to or no when I was working on Borat yeah I think it was on Borat Nathan Fielder was on uh in the room one of the times I was in there and we were we would go on like walks um, around the lot, all of us just to take a break and kind of talk mm-hmm. things out. And we kind of like pocketed off for a little bit. And we were talking about TM and he was like, no, it's so good. I just started doing it. And I was like, really, isn't it? And he's like, no, it's good. And I was like, I mean, he didn't say it in that tone, but it was like, it was just like, oh yeah, maybe I should try that again. And so he had said that. And then someone else brought it up too that I admire. So I was like, okay, I like their work ethic. I like what they're doing in their life. I think they're so funny. So it was, was like, it Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres. It was Ellen. She said, you fucking cunt, do some TM. I'm like, do some more TM, Ellen. Jesus. Are you fucking kidding me? A couple of the people that, that are like their big names are like, what? Yeah, I've heard about you. <laughs> um, but I, I also feel, don't you feel torn about the Ellen thing though too? Yes. Wait, tell me why you feel torn. I feel torn because she's a fucking lesbian that fucking busted through this whole thing back in the day. When she came out on her show, she lost her show. She went through a lot of shit, but she was like, for her to go from like coming out on her show, I think the show got canceled almost immediately after Mm -hmm. that. Then to come with the show and be like in these, like all these like random straight white women's houses every day right. and nobody like she just normalized being a lesbian in a way mm-hmm. and that was like very very innovative and i think that she's probably a fucking raging cunt i'm sure nobody people aren't lying and i don't think you should treat people around you badly but some people just do some people yeah. are just like that and it's from whatever like fuck up they've had in their childhood and stuff and i'm not saying that that excuses it but also, how many fucking men treat us like shit? All well, the that's the part that really got me all the fucking time. But I know yeah. she's, I know she's like at a level of cuntiness that I've heard that is like very crazy. But that's what I have heard as well. That I've heard there's a lot of cruelty. At the same right. time, there are so many men, quote unquote, geniuses right. who treat people right. like that, and they see everyone, you know, bitches about it, but they seem to get a pass. It wouldn't get the right. same attention. So yes, I had a very similar reaction to it. Um, when I first heard that she was unfriendly, I was like, what? 
but she seems so friendly. Like right. I, I can be so naive. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I always thought she was very funny. Um, so yeah. I was sort of disappointed. And um, then when it like reached a critical mass of how just un, how just, you know, impossible, hard to work for she is. Um, then I'm like, okay, well, so it's probably true. But yeah, I felt like I just wish it was someone else, not mm-hmm. a uh, someone who has like busted through so many glass ceilings. Like none of them, not not someone who's gay and someone who's a woman. I'd rather right. it's just a straight white man where it's yeah. like, oh, finally it's catching up. At least she's up. white, right? We're just like, at least she's white. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we'll always, they'll never take that away from us. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting. I, yeah, we should be calling it Ellening instead of Karening, huh? Not a lot of people spoke out sharing that sentiment. It seemed like a lot of people were just, you know, thrilled about just, the comeuppance. And I think I tweeted something about that, about like, if she were a man, would this be happening at all? And then people are like, shut up, you lesbo. Probably do. <laughs> I, just, I just yeah. also think the taking down of people is just the joy that people get in it is so gross. It's just so yeah. gross. Like even with all like the Dalia stuff and everything like that, like I can tell you that I did get joy out of that one clip that they had of him looking at the, Oh yes. When he, when he found out that they could, that they could screen record his stuff. What that was really, funny. It's like, was that fighter and the like, kid? What show was he on? I think it was on fighter. Yeah. And the kid. But it's like, I still don't take joy in like a whole group of people being like, and fuck you or whatever. It's like, it's just, right. there shouldn't be joy in any of these certain situations. That being said, I was thinking about it last night. Has anyone heard a peep from Crystalia and Brian Callen? Like, are they over? Brian Callen is doing a, um, a Patreon podcast, I believe. Oh, he is. And then Dalia, I don't know. I, I'm not very close with him, so... And I don't, I just don't, I haven't been speaking out on any of these things because I don't care. I mean, it's not that it's like, I just, I like, I sat in court in high school. Like I've done this already. I just don't, I'm kind of like, it's a wrap. Like I'd really like people to figure this out. I'm like, he wasn't that close to me. So it's mm-hmm. not, you know, I just am kind of enjoying just sitting back and not coming to me. <laughs> what, and, and here I'm going to ask you about another one. What did you think about all the Joey Diaz stuff? Oh, I thought the Joey Diaz stuff was nothing. I didn't feel any way about the. I mean, I, I love Joey, and that clip to me was him like exaggerating a story. And I also have another take on these things where it's like, if he's telling a story about a girl that like blew him to get on stage, there's a girl there that blew someone to try to get on stage, too. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, right. There's not like this guy. He didn't say I raped a girl in a. He said there's like. There are girls that I know in this industry that will fuck to get things and mm-hmm. they are perfectly happy to and looking to do that. And that's their business and what they do. But like, and, and I guess we could trace it back to there's a patriarchy and that's a thing that's like, an. but I'm, there's gotta have been women that were like sad when Harvey Weinstein, Oh my God, he's biting my armpit fat. This is like diet material here. You try to put me on a diet, Randy. Next, he's going to come at you with a magic marker. I know. What are you doing? In a circle. Go. Or the, the, like the laser thing from that. Remember the oh, yes. show with, the, what was it? With the guy from Renegade. <laughs> would be like, yes. <laughs> but um, there's just like a, this, this industry is disgusting. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like a crazy industry and there's a lot of money involved and a lot of like gatekeepers <laughs> and a lot yeah. of, it's just a weird thing. Like even when Chappelle was talking about the, the money stuff, 
and you're kind of like, all right, people are like literally like going to be homeless because of Corona and you're complaining about the millions of dollars you already have. And like, you want more million, you know what I'm talking about, right? What are you talking I about? actually don't. Okay, I mean, so I, on Saturday yeah. Live, he did this whole thing and he did a little special that he put out about how ne- he signed a, a deal with comedy central um, when he was like young and didn't know better. And he was scared as what his girlfriend was pregnant, his wife was pregnant and he wanted to make money. So he just signed this thing mm-hmm. and in the contract, he like doesn't get money when he, when they sold it now, they've sold all the episodes of the Chappelle show to um, a couple different places. I can't remember which ones, but mm-hmm. he's mad. Like he thinks he should get money for it. And it's kind of like, yeah, millionaire. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> like part of me is like that, but then the other part of me is like, and I don't, and you know, like, half of my brain goes, this is tone deaf, but then also I think people should be able to say whatever they want, whenever they want it. I shouldn't be able to judge what someone else is upset about or what they want to talk about or what they want to bring light to. Because the truth is the way our industry works is totally fucked up. Yeah. And it is, there are like, there are agents that have done practically nothing that have more money than the people that did all the stuff. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. there are flaws in that. Right. But when you sign a contract, you sign a contract, you know, it's just like, I understand what he's saying. And for the overall thing, I think, uh, I think there'll probably will be a lot of changes in our industry when come the end of Corona. I do Is that ever going to happen? Is that ever going to happen? I feel like it's going to happen soon. I go back and forth. I was feeling that way. And then like, especially hearing that the, you know, the vaccine, how much progress has been made with that. I mean, I think like the first doses are being administered. Um, I don't personally want to be microchipped and sterilized, but if other people want to, yeah, I'm a hundred percent joking. I, I want that vaccine. Oh no, but I was like, is that what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you don't know that that's what people believe. I mean, here's the deal. It's like, I, cause Rogan was asking me if I'm going to take the, the vaccine right away. And I was like, I'll take it like the second week. Like I'll let people go first week and then I'll go second week, but I'm not, I really want to see my parents. Like I just haven't seen my parents in a year. I want to see my family. It's like, I will, I'm willing to like do some shit to do that. Is, uh, is, is he skeptical of the vaccine? He, I mean, I think he's like, I don't think he's like super skeptical, but cause I think he said he would probably take it. I don't really remember what he said, but it wasn't, um, he wasn't hard on either end. Yeah. I think we're all just curious about it. Right. Yes. So people who like people who are into QAnon and various other conspiracy theories believe that the vaccine is like to microchip you and I think sterilize you and what is it? There's some there's some other aspect to it. It's like it's, it's going to become mandatory. Yeah, like the the fact that it's like going to become mandatory, which I don't think it is, but I, I, I'm unclear on how that all is all going to work. But that it is about microchipping society. I mean, it is crazy. Ah, everyone. First of I all, it's going to take so- a while. It's going to take a while to even get the vaccine. The part that gives me pause is I read that right. even after getting the vaccine, you go you're still going to have to, what? You have to go back and get it again, right? Yes. But also you're still going to have to mask 
up and socially distance because you, even though the vaccine will make it so you personally can't get sick, you can still transmit it. And that was like a real wet blanket to me. Like, cause I thought once you get it, woo, everything can go back to normal, but apparently not. That's a bummer. Speaking of things that are um, a bummer, (laughs) if you think you may be depressed or you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, better help online counseling offers licensed professional therapists who are trained to listen and to help with issues, including anxiety, grief, depression, difficulty, sleeping, LGBT matters, trauma, family conflicts, and more. You simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched with your counselor in under 48 hours. You can easily schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus exchange unlimited messages to communicate with your therapist at your convenience. Of course, everything you share is confidential. And if for any reason you're unhappy with your counselor, just let them know. You can request a new one at any time, no charge. So you might be thinking, well, I'm nervous to start up you know, therapy with someone new in it right now. What if I don't want to commit? What if, I, what if it's not a good fit? You don't have to worry about that at all. They will get you to the right person. BetterHelp is an affordable option and our listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code BESTFRIEND. Get started today at BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash bestfriend. Talk to a therapist online and get help. I also want to tell you guys about Brooklinen. Annie, do you know Brooklinen? Do you have Brooklyn? Brooklyn, and they make sheets and all this nice stuff Ooh. for your home. I have Brooklyn and towels. I have Brooklyn and sheets. I, they're the only sheets I will sleep on. I take them off, wash them, put them back on. Uh, and now my husband and I both have, and my producer, Tony, we all have these super nice Brooklyn and towels. They come in three different like levels of plushness. So you can get a super plush spa, uh, like, luxurious towel or you can get a lighter one that'll dry faster um they make robes people keep reaching out to me and because i've i've talked about various sheets over the years people reach out to me they're like which which ones and i say brooklyn and i love i just love that i sleep better on them than anything else life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets maybe you looked at some retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay on just one set and gave up Trust me, go check out Brooklyn, and they have over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. Don't wait. Do something nice for yourself. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code BESTFRIEND to get 10% off your first order and free shipping. That's Brooklyn and B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Enter promo code BESTFRIEND for 10% off your first order plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com and use promo code BESTFRIEND at checkout. All right. So how was your experience on Who is America and Borat? It was so fun. It was great. It's Sasha's so funny and so cool and so fun to work with. And um, yeah, it's just I, every time I've gone in. So I, you know, I did like the round table a bunch of times. It's just like sometimes there's like a different crew, but it always ends up being so fun. And when you say did the round table, what does that mean? So that's like they would bring in a bunch of people. So it'd be like just a different crew each day. Like there's like a band, you know, like the main band and then of writers, producers. Um, yeah. And then um, they would have like other people kind of like come in, but I'm not really allowed to talk about it too much. So. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I'm so curious, like how, how it all works in terms of like writing the beats and stuff, but you, you can't. I think can he's you? just like a genius and he just is, he's good at predicting what people are going to do and what they're going to say. It's like pretty easy, honestly, when you like, after you see it a lot and he's done it so much that you, you can like, um, right into the future kind of predicting what people are going to do. Right. Interesting. Um, 
I'm going to ask a question and I don't know if you can answer it or not. So you can let me know whether you can answer it or not. I'm trying to figure out what my question is because when I watched Borat 2, I was thinking they must have done some of the plotting after filming the after filming some of the like real life things because they weren't sure which way it was going to go. So like so what is Yeah, I think that it definitely like would evolve after a scene and stuff, you know. And also like the casting, Maria so amazing. The, I mean, unbelievable. And so, you know, they had to test with some other people and, you know, and work that out. And you kind of just grow the character and then grow like different, he had different costumes and stuff. And they had to see how those, there's just like a bunch of tests that they run a bunch. Right. All the time. So you moved away from LA and then came back and mm-hmm. then were, you were on people's couches for a while. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Talk me, yeah. fill me in. Fill me so, in uh, the glamorous year. <laughs> the glamorous life. Um, so I was, I actually lived on this very couch that I'm sitting on now. Um, I moved back to uh, New York after about two or three years in LA. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, fuck it. I want to go back to New York. I had gone to um, the Vodafone Comedy Festival in Dublin and seen a bunch of my old New York buddies and was just like, just craved it and missed it and was like, I love New York. Fuck LA. LA is lame. And then I went back to New York and I was like, LA was so fun. I was like, LA is so nice. It's pretty as water. What time of year did you go? Did that affect it? Um, I, you know, I think I moved in the fall. So that was so oh, beautiful. New York yeah. in the fall and in the spring is so incredible. But then, and the winter, it's fine. And I loved living in New York. But it, I think I just came to the place, to the realization that I just don't need to struggle anymore. Mm, I don't need interesting. an extra hassle. I think so much of like the exhilaration of living in New York was like the suffering through all of the the heat and then the snow. Yeah. And like it just the summer and the winter were just so excruciating. Extreme, yeah. Nice to live near my family and easier. But, you know, I, I, I do like living on the West Coast a lot. It's been nice. And the comedy store is just... Who knows what it'll come back to be. But when I came back to visit, I was like, how did I leave this place? Because when I left and went back to New York, it wasn't that great. It was kind of like on a, it was starting to upswing. I don't know if Rogan had quite come back. Um, But then when I came back, it was just like, I'm on these amazing stages. The audiences are incredible. My friends are so funny. We're just having such a good time. And it just, I couldn't, I couldn't give that up ever again. And I just like loved it so much. So I was very happy to come back. And that's when I, when I first came back, I was living on my friend's couch and then I came back for, or no, I came back and I was working on to work on Sasha on the, who was America. And um, so that I was originally just called in once and then they just kept uh, bringing me back. And then I, I went in a, a bunch of times. And um, so then I moved out here and then I started dating someone and then we broke up and then I was back on the couch (laughs) and then now I'm I have my place but I have to move out because of the construction (laughs) that's so interesting that you moved to New York and discovered that you really wanted to be in LA because Mm -hmm. I was in New York for almost 10 years moved back uh, from here originally moved back and I'm very happy with my life here you know we own home I have kids blah 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 but I even just Last night I was thinking about it. Like I still fantasize about going back to New York. 
yeah, maybe I, I would thought, maybe I would have the same feeling when I got there. Like, oh, why? Maybe this this is not where I want to be. I haven't visited in a while, and that's kind of good because when mm-hmm. I visit, I do get a little bit of a like. It just feels like I, I feel I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico for seven years. Um, I went to college there, and then I just hung out and worked as a bartender and drank and got into trouble. Woke up reading a bunch, and um, but I, I crave Santa Fe. I mean, it's like I, I'm in love with it. Like I think mm-hmm. about it, I'm like, oh my god, the times we had, and like <laughs> that's how I feel about New York. Yeah, and but I have that too with New York to a degree as well. But I think when I moved back, I just went and I did the group of friends I was with. You know, I was with a very like feministy group, and we mm-hmm. did the women's march and stuff like that. And then I got they fucking excommunicated me. I got mean girled out of the group, and I kind of why. You know, I never got an explanation. I just got blocked on everything. Um, but I think. Um, Wait, do I, are these comedian women? What I know them. Um, one is, but I'm not. She don't get to hear her name. Don't get to be heard out of my mouth. No. Um, and like you know, God bless her. Wish her well. Sending her love and light, cunt. Um, but love and light, cunt. Enjoy your life. But it really, it was in the end, it was a blessing because I wasn't very happy in that friendship. But it kind of was this very intense time. Trump had gotten elected. We went, we all went to. DC we're fighting you know and I it brought up a lot of traumas from my past and I think my actual rape bothered some of these girls that didn't had some more not so serious issues did they have <laughs> did like, they have... please stop talking about your rape <laughs> ew your rape's bumming us out <laughs> I was like I thought that's what we were doing <laughs> right did they have rape envy I don't think maybe I they have a little that. rape no but I think it was too much I think I think I just got so trauma and they just didn't want, they were like, this is not what we're doing. We're not trying to do this. And I would get in fights about like, they'd be like, this is not our, the women's movement is this. And I'm like, you don't get to qualify or like decide what my experience, right? my way I show my feminism. Like it was so gross, you know, and it just wasn't a match and it was, you know, but it was a painful thing, you know, girlfriend breakups are pretty rough. Yeah. And for a whole crew to kind of excommunicate me was, was a bummer at the time. But looking back, I'm just like, ah, what a relief. <laughs> how long, how long were you back in, back in New York? Only a year. So wait, I don't think I knew that you were raped, Annie. Well, I was, I'm not talking about it anymore because I have overdone it talking about it i just like it's okay i've just talked about it on every podcast but i i did have like a sexual assault in high school and some stuff in college but it's like i just have talked about i've just it's it's fine we don't have to right but um it just was like that came up for me like i always i didn't during the women's movement march and everything it just really like brought everything up i was so mad at my parents i was so i was livid at my school like i just was like in this just very raw place and it's taken me a long time to kind of like learn the lessons I needed to learn from that place and then sort of like pack it back in why sorry go ahead go ahead no you can why were you mad at your parents just because of the situations that they put me in as a kid you know I'm just being kind of like where were they why weren't they protecting me but the more time that that I have spent trying to look at the like choose the light again Um, the more I can really see that they were doing what they were doing was what they thought was good Mm -hmm. and it didn't end up being that way. And it's like, and I just forgive them. And I don't want to like, every time I bring it up on a podcast or something, the more my star rises, the more like 
um, is Randy more... humping the microphone? No, he's just running. <laughs> it's okay. Can you grab him, Bo? A new game came out, so I'm interrupting. Oh, sorry. Can you can you grab him because he's making the sound weird? But he, yeah. But I just. I guess I just, every time I would tell it, it was just like, I want my parents to be able to like, listen to things I do mm-hmm. and not feel guilty. And, and every time I would tell the story, people go like, well, where were your parents? I'm like, they were fucking, I don't know what the fuck they were doing. You know, and I just, and then it, it's like, then I get re, don't just sit like you were just sitting. <laughs> don't act like you weren't just doing something crazy. <laughs> Catch him. Oh, he's bad. No dinner for him tonight. Um, <laughs> Slap. I'm gonna beat the shit out of that dog later. Oh, um, JK, JK. Um, but yeah, it just, I just, it would make me mad at them again. And I realized every time I would tell the story, I would relive it, and it would just yeah. open up again. And I told it on merit. Like it's all over the place. If people want to hear it, I, people would comment on my things like, "We don't want to hear the story anymore." Not that people, it's a, they could be eggs. Do you know what I mean? But it just really, I started to realize that it was, it was starting to like affect me negatively. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I um not at all the same in terms of a level of trauma, but the Corolla stuff for me. Yeah. Um I found that I I could never tell it I could never talk about it in a way that I felt good about afterwards. And I didn't want to say I don't want to talk about that. Right. And I get that people are curious, you know. Um like still to this day, but I mean, it's been many years now, but right. it's like, I, especially around that time, if I went on a podcast and someone would be like, oh, you probably don't want to talk about that. And I'm like, no, I'll talk about anything, you know, and because mm-hmm. that is like, that feels true to me. But right. then I would be, I would say a little bit and then I would just feel like anxious and like, oh, I don't like, like if I, you know, if I said, if I took the high road, I felt like, but I don't feel like I spoke my truth. But if right. I said anything negative, then I would feel like, but I don't feel good about that either. Right. And it just like, there was no way that I could feel okay with it. Like certain topics are just, and I, I get that yeah. that's not exactly what you're saying with no, your story. It is, it's similar though. Cause it's like, and it's also then you're defined by this. Yes. This one relationship you had, this one working relationship right. that you had and and then, you know, and for me, it's like, I really was defining my life by that trauma. Like, I really was. Like, I was like, I'm someone that was like assaulted by their teeth. Like, I just was like, this is who I am. And I, every, I didn't realize until pretty recently how much it was just like, I had like woven it into me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like untangling that and just like letting, like releasing that. And I'm, um, you know, I really want to write a book and I'm going to put that in there and like close that and. And, you know, and it's, and I do think it's like good for people to hear people's true stories and stuff, but it also like, we have, we're all traumatized right now. Like, right. I did a podcast earlier where they were like, all right, well, what's the worst thing that happened to you? And I was like, I just don't, I'm so done talking about, I let's talk about fun fucking shit or let's do, you know, like I wake up in the morning, I've been, you know, I'm trying to get out of this negative funk. So I like wake up and I'm like a little bit down and then I'm like, Right, what do I have to do? Meditate. I I do breath work. Oh, you had asked me about this too. I do yeah. breath work. Um, I have uh, my shaman who is leading me through a 22 day manifestation um, workshop where I'm just trying to like today. I just was trying to figure out what I want to do, and 
one of the goals of this 22 days is what I said earlier, where I just want to start really feeling the things that I'm wanting other people to say to me. I really want to feel mm, yes. myself and be able to say them to myself. So all the time I spent all day, I call Bonnie McFarland. I call like, I'm on the phone with people all day and it's fun. We're laughing, but it's an escape for myself. So mm-hmm. every time I have that urge to like reach out to others, I'm going to try in these 22 days to like go inward and like figure it out. Man. So we'll see. Where'd you get but, a shaman? Yeah. Um, I found him at the comedy store. <laughs> he uh, is from South Africa, but he leads ceremonies um, all over. And he and he was a fan of mine in the audience. And one of the guys that worked at the comedy store introduced us. And he was leading a weekend that weekend. And um, I just canceled my spots and did it. And it was really amazing. And he's in Brazil now. And so he does some... some um, some zoom calls and stuff. And, and we just had a little, he, I was really down. So he talked to me and he was like, I'm going to give you this project to do. And he's, I've signed up for it so many times and never followed through. And he's like, but mm-hmm. I'm going to hold you accountable this time. So I'm like, all right. So I'm on day three of that. Well, day three, I've done two of the days, but I will do the third day. <laughs> I have had, um, you know, days of just like, I, I even tweeted about it. Like, you know, I feel, I just, but it was more funny the way I tweeted about it than what I'm saying right now. But like, don't worry. you guys can look back at the tweets. Yeah. Check the tweets, check the tweets. It was hilarious. It was, Don't you know, <laughs> but just the idea of like, um, I feel like I want to cry for no reason. And it's like, but there's actually a zillion reasons, yep. but mm-hmm. it's the sensation is that like wanting to cry for no reason. The sensation yeah. is one of, I shouldn't feel low. Things are okay. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if if it's hormonal or if it is just the weight of what's happening in the world right now. I'm sure it's both. I mean, yeah. Every time I'm freaking out, I look at the calendar and I go, okay. Um, (laughs) Makes a little sense too. (laughs) But also, I mean, there is, that's what my shaman was saying to me too. He's like, you have to be my shami. I like to call my shami. Shami? (laughs) I'm shami's pet. He loves me. But, um, He's like, he was saying, he's like, you need to give yourself a break. We are in a very stressful time. Like this is like, and I forget it because this has become our normal lives. I mean, we've been doing this for so long, but it's just the up and down and the not knowing and the split sides and the, you know, all of the sort of controversial topics we've talked about. Like I feel both sides. Like I see both sides. You have... Never been so annoying. Never been so annoying. You've never been so annoying. Todd, send him back to Mexico, please. <laughs> back over the wall you go. Take him, please, from me. I don't want to strike a dog on TV. I'm just, I'm totally kidding. I, I know. I don't want to skin the dog in front of everyone. Does anybody want a stocking that looks like a dog? <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, this is like, it's a wild time. I also think, okay, so I also, I listened to this therapy podcast that's so fucking amazing and you would love this woman. She is the coolest. Her name is Michelle Chalfant. I'm going to write this down. It's called The Adult Chair. I recommend it to everyone. Some men might not like it because you guys all have issues with your mom. (laughs) So you might not want a woman telling you. But it's like, so it's The Adult Chair and she has this whole philosophy on you know, being sitting in your adult chair. And when you act a certain way, your ego keeps you in your child. It's like your adolescent chair is protecting your child chair. It's the whole thing, but they have the three, 
the first four episodes are like the introduction and then they teach you the child chair, the adolescent chair and the adult chair. And then you can just go through all of them and pick it like cherry pick, whatever topic they have procrastination, they have imposter syndrome, they have uh, like eating disorders. They have, um, I have all of those. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm a winner. Ding, ding, ding. Oh my God. They have parenting, next. how to parent from the adult chair. They have, um, what to do next with your life. They have, it's just really, she's just so fucking cool. And, um, and then I also listened to another podcast from a guy who I heard on her podcast called Jim Fortin. And he's all about, um, uh, brain science and, um, and he also has like a shaman. Do you know what I mean? So he's like both, he does, he used to be a hypnotist or a hypnotherapist. Mm. And so, he just has a very, very matter of fact way of just like your life. You have created this, like your mind has created this. So I listen to a lot of those things all the time and they're just incredibly helpful. I wait every week for them. They're so good. And she gives a lot of, Michelle gives a lot of journal prompts and stuff like that. But Jim Fortin's just like a, a millionaire who coaches millionaires, how to be millionaires, but he does his podcast for free. Really Does he good. is he like annoying in a millionaire annoying annoying millionaire um, kind of way? He's like a sweet annoying millionaire. <laughs> you know? Like he's, <laughs> he's very honest and I really like him. Um I've had a pretty much a hundred percent success rate recommending the adult chair. Jim Fortin, some people don't like his voice. I love I don't know. I like all these people, so it's really interesting that you this is what you look for in podcasts mm-hmm. and I'm relating to it. Um, I have, and I'm going to, I should not even like, I'm going to totally just let it all hang out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching, watch what happens live last night on Bravo. And I was like, this is such a watchable show because it's light it's can be in the background. It's not, it's, you know, it doesn't take a lot of concentration. Like it's just perfect sort of comforting nothingness. And I feel nothingness is harsh. I don't mean to say that it's comforting. And I feel like that is what people, uh, people often want out of a podcast. Like just, I just want to listen to my friends have a conversation and like my Thursday show, the panel is more like that. It's more like us talking about our lives and it's, you know, you, you know, it's been rotating lately, but oftentimes it's like the same people over and over again. Whereas my Monday interviews are deeper and more serious and they go to deeper places. And I've just been like, does anyone want that right now? Even though I'm still doing that, you know, cause I want it because yeah, I'm curious I about it. All that, I think that's all that needs to be. It's what you want. Because I was, this was another thing when I was sort of trying to pinpoint what I want to do in this 20 day uh, course, I was, I was thinking too, it's, I look so much for in this job, like, what am I doing? Am I doing this to get attention? You know, like Instagram's like attention, me, 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 ah, ah, ah. and it's fun. And I like telling jokes on it. I like making fun of things and being a little bit of a disruptor, but like, is that what I'm, am I doing this to get attention and have people tell me I'm good? Or right. am I an artist who has a thing that I like to do and I like to right. people laugh and I like to do these things? And so, right. Are you expressing or are you right. receiving? Right. Kind of, and yeah. so I was like, I just want to remember, take it back to me. And where I think one of like the sort of 
things that I got yelled at when I was a kid, just my, one of my little verbal abuse things was like, they would call me selfish. Mm. So then I think I got so afraid of being selfish that it made me like in fear of being narcissistic when the truth is we all are on a spectrum of narcissism and especially in Hollywood. And yes, I do like attention and I do like people telling me I'm good. And it's more just like, that's one side of it. But then there's this part of me that I've been completely avoiding. And the reason I thought of Michelle Chalfant was because you were talking about crying She's always like, cry it out. Do not hold back your tears. And she talks a lot about addiction and stuff. And I completely believe that my alcoholism and all of my addiction issues are from repressed traumas, mm. things I just like didn't know how to release. And it no, no glove has ever fit better because if I think back on when I would drink, it was legit. I cannot stop drinking because these things will come up. Right. Stuff I would drink it. every day. And I would, and then it just, when I quit, it was like so hard, like, I just had to deal with all this stuff. And I, so I just shut that down too. And I just didn't deal with things. Mm-hmm. And I was just able to just jump into comedy and just be doing this thing. And right. and now that I've had this pause that we've been all forced into this pause, it's like, there's so much like work to be done and it feels good. It's like your ego resists it because for some reason, our egos don't want us to <laughs> be our best. I have no clue why they want us to be the best, not our best. Right. But, you know, like breath work changes my life. And I, it is so impossible for me to sit down and do a breath work. Like it takes so much of my, I have to be like, sit the fuck down and do it. Like do it. When I leave it, I'm crying. I'm, I've learned things about myself that were, I would, it's like my inner child spoke to me, you know? How, how do you do it? Is it guided? The breath work that I do is through my shaman. He has, he does a bunch of them. There are breath works that you can find on, you can find them on YouTube and stuff. You can do short ones, long ones. Um, And you know, they have Wim Hof method. They just have a bunch of different ones, but, the way my shaman explained it to me and the way that that I have benefited from his are he's like, it, it's like, we can tell ourselves this stuff. Like we can give ourselves the affirmations. We can like, you know, live this life and go, okay, we're going to do this. This is, you know, what we want, but like stuff is stuck down here. And like the breath work, like gets it down there. It gets it to like your root mm. and move stuff around. And I was doing, I was going to the den meditation center before COVID mm-hmm. and doing breath work there. There's some really cool, um, breathwork teachers there and I think they are still doing stuff online that you could find uh that's just it's just called the den meditation and the breathwork classes were 30 minutes you get there they talk for 15 minutes and then my one teacher Sophia sings and she would like do a singing bowl and then be singing her beautiful angelic voice would bring you out and then there was another instructor who used to be was a famous fitness instructor beforehand like she's got like a heart a hard ass and she's like ripped I think she's in her either late I think early 50s Mm -hmm. and she is just like this badass and she would just be like breathe breathe it was like completely opposite experiences but in the end like the same sort of like these things would just come from your child like your pet you didn't even know yeah and they would have you scream everyone in the room would scream and then you like I would just be bawling and crying. It was like so amazing, <laughs> just so good. I just so want to cool. say something about your parents, whom I don't know, um, mm. saying that you're selfish. Because I have some things like that that my parents said to me that I really internalized. Like, oh my god, like I think I am a good person, but they told me I was manipulative, and they told me I was yeah. this and that. And I guess I must have this really this side of me that's really bad and. I actually have been feeling anger about it lately. And it's like, how many times am I going to go through this cycle, you know? But it feels different this time. And it's just like, all that shit they told me, 
that was them being manipulative. That was uh-huh. them being manipulative, them gaslighting me. That like nothing that was the projection. Yes, it was that thing of like, you know, me. It, did you watch The Vow? I watched some of it, yeah. They call it like the the Nexium flip or something, where if someone says to you, I'm bothered by, you know, XYZ, and then instead of being instead of taking it in, they're like, Maybe you should work on you know, like I'm bothered that you're late. Maybe you should work on why that bothers you. Like that was my parents with a number of things. And so then I was always like, Oh yeah, I guess there's something wrong with me that I that was bothered by XYZ. What are their jobs? Um, my grandfather was a therapist. Oh, okay. A very like therapisty family, though. Yeah. Uh, I like. I always say that we didn't have any religion, but psychiatry was our was the family yeah. religion. Um, lots of interpretations and th- things like that. But my dad's a doctor, and my mom's a a stay at home mom. Okay. Um, and I don't mean to bash that. In the same way, you don't want to bash your parents. I don't mean to bash mine. I just have had it. I just feel like I've seen it a little more clearly lately recently and it was like oh i took on all that shit when it's like so obvious what that it wasn't about me and i feel like that's the same with you you, and then when you think about it you're like oh and yeah and i do feel like that i think my dad was like feeling fucking so selfish he was feeling totally selfish and like how can a kid of course it could so i'm like i'm trying to survive hi help me live (laughs) yeah (laughs) five four what are you like right but it's it's feels so good to just choose to be an adult like i just never I clung to that that teen angst and mm-hmm. anger for so long. And now I'm just like, oh, fuck, it feels good to just be like, this is my life. I'm in charge of it. Right now, like, if I don't have the money I want, like, get the money you want, girl. Like, figure it out. What are these blocks I have against money? What are these? I mean, because it's, it's all internal. It's all, right. it's all stuff we've carried and stuff. And, and I'm just learning to, to take care of myself first now. And it feels so good. I'm like, I hope people think I'm selfish. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of those things are the response that you get from people when you try to set healthy boundaries. Yeah. Um, do you have a just me or everyone? Uh, yeah, but it's so dumb. Okay. Well, let me play the song and then you can do your dumb just me or everyone. I'll do two. One's kind of good. Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something All right, let's hear it. Is it just me or does everyone when they eat popcorn take a single piece and bite like the hard part off and then there's that one squishy part and just squish it flat? Oh my God, I've never done that. Am I doing it wrong? I've never actually found anyone that does it too. And maybe it's my weird little OCD. But Does your brother brother do it? No. That might just be you. I don't have a relationship to popcorn like I do. It might just be you. It could be me. A true only, usually, usually it's not just you. Okay. What's your second one? My second one is, did you, when you were little, because I was talking about this with Esther on my podcast last night. And I now as an adult, I'm still being blown away by this same thought. When I was about five kindergarten age, I would like lay in bed and I would be like, why am I me? Mm. Why have all the fucking people on this earth, like there's all these people living a life. Why was my thoughts and my, why am I seeing out of this body? Why the fuck is this my life? And I would get so worried. I go like, oh my God, what if I woke up and 
my mom wasn't my mom. My dad wasn't my dad. My brothers weren't my brothers. My teachers weren't my teachers. Like, you know, and just, and I just, and I've been thinking about that now. Like, I'm like, oh my God, that's so crazy. Why am I me? That's like a really deep thought to be having at such a young age. I always had those thoughts. I would stand yeah. up in a quicker meeting and say shit like that all the time. Like, Did they love it? They must have loved it, right? My brother said that I was like such a ham. He was like, he's like, you would always stand up and say something and people would be like, oh, the teachers would be like, yes. <laughs> like, the kids are something because I love attention. I mean, this is why I do stand up. Right. I would stand in that quicker meeting and be like, so nervous. Like, <laughs> and I would stand up and I knew what to say. My dad's like that. Like my dad will call me and i my parents are on all these calls all the time now during COVID. Uh-huh. They have all these different, you know, they do landmark and then they have like, my dad is his men's group. My mom has her women's group. They my do dad. landmark? Yeah. Landmark for him? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have my thoughts on that one, but we don't talk about it publicly. But, uh, but um, so they've been doing it for like 20 years. But so then, Oh my God, really? Yeah, it's so crazy. To wow. It's a long time. But, my whole fit, we used to get stuff. My brothers would get somewhere like, stop calling a landmark. But now it's like, they're just, it makes them happy. So it's like, their thing. And especially during this time, they have, they're so entertained by it. And my dad has like an ADD group that he goes to now. And he, he's 79. He's like, I'm finally going to figure it out. And then I'm finally going to do my taxes. And, um, and then <laughs> they do, yeah, they just have all these different groups they go to. But my dad will like call me and he'll, he'll give me like his, his line, like, this great line he came about life. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, not impressed. I'm like, I can just tell that you said this on five fucking calls today. And you're so <laughs> proud of yourself. He's like, Well, maybe I am. And then um, it's funny because I do meetups with my shaman like every other Monday. There's a group of us that he leads us in meditations and, and read some tarot cards and stuff that he put together. And afterwards like opens it up and I always come in with like a joke or something. And I'm just like, I'm so much like my fucking dad. <laughs> I'm so much like him. <laughs> my whole family loves attention. That's what's so funny. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta meet all of you sometime. I know they're so good. I can't wait for us to be together. It's been almost a year. Yeah. That must be really hard. It's been really hard, but thank God for FaceTime. Yeah. And I see my nieces, my nieces and I have been writing each other letters and we're right now I'm drawing I drew the head of a dragon to send them and they're going to draw the body. And then my mom oh. or something. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. Um, Annie, it was so nice catching up with you. You seem, even though you're, uh, it sounds like you're a bit raw or maybe that's me projecting. Yeah. You seem like you're in a really good place. I'm spiraling up now. I'm coming from a <laughs> back. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, tell everyone where they can find you and what they should look out for. Okay. You can find me on, uh, Instagram, just my name, A-N-N-I-E-L-E-D-E-R-M-A-N. Twitter, I hate. So if that's the only place you're on, I guess follow me there. Um, I am on YouTube, just Annie Letterman. And that's where Meanspiration lives. And it's also on whatever the other audio version is. But I think, you know. Do you want to see the see the goods? Come on, check out the goods. Yeah. I have a fun little setup in my kitchen. And um, if you guys have Showtime, or I think it's also on Hulu, watch the Comedy Store documentary. Fourth episode is the cutest one. Mm. <laughs> I would just recommend the fourth episode. And um, what else? Watch Borat. And I think that's it for now. 
And if you like what you're hearing, please make sure you're subscribed and leave us a nice comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Uh, you can go there for a bonus episode each week. I do Zoom parties, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, this is on YouTube, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. Please make sure you're subscribed there as well. I am measuring my self-worth from those subscriber numbers. I'm on Cameo. I've got a book out. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, listen to my other. What'd you say? We need you guys. (laughs) Yeah, we need you. We're desperate. Listen to my other podcast that I do with Greg Fitzsimmons. It's called Childish. You don't need to have kids. Oh, my God. By the way, not to interrupt, but you two together is such a dream. Oh, thank you. Um, And uh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Yeah, Alison Rosie.